A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Today we've got a crazy story of somebody willing to give themselves an allergic reaction just to apply some malicious compliance. We'll get to that in a bit, but first... One gift for birthday and Christmas? No problem. I love birthdays and I've always loved celebrating them, both for myself and for others. I love to give gifts as much as I love to receive them, but I was born in December, so it's always been an uphill battle getting people to celebrate mine or separated from the religious holidays happening that month. For me, it's not about the gift, but the principle. I've had several friendships where I was expected to help plan and pay for expensive gifts, dinners, trips, etc. for a spring or summer birthday, only to be told what an inconvenience it was to have to do something for a December birthday. I've been called greedy, childish, and have even had people ask me why I can't just combine my birthday with someone else to make it easier. It makes the friendship feel one-sided and makes me feel like an inconvenience. I don't get so upset about it anymore, but I do have some firm birthday rules. One, you don't have to get me anything, but if you do, just pick one, birthday or Christmas, keep them separate. Two, whatever the agreement is, let's make it mutual. If no birthday gifts is the agreement, it should hold for all birthdays involved, not just the inconvenient ones in December. Well, a best friend and I recently got into an argument about it because she felt I was being selfish for wanting two gifts in the same month. When I said we don't have to do birthdays, she insisted that she should get a separate gift for her birthday in March because it's a different time of year. I pointed out that this was unfair, but she wouldn't hear it. I jokingly said in the end that if she gave me one gift for the month, I would purposely wait until March and give her an empty box for her birthday. She said sure, go for it. And as promised, she gave me one gift for both days and told me to stop being so childish. So, March comes around and she has a little get-together, and the time comes to open gifts. When she unwrapped mine and saw that it was empty, I said Merry Christmas, and she got really upset. She said I was being petty and childish and that I was going out of my way to ruin her birthday. The other guests seemed really upset too, and some of our mutual friends want me to apologize. I'm refusing to do so, and we haven't spoken since. Now, I could understand if you just don't have the budget to pay for two presents in one month. You know, maybe you could try to make some kind of agreement where, like, you space them out a little bit more. 
But I wholeheartedly agree with OP that it's not fair if they're going to be like, well, I get two because mine are spaced out, but you only get one, sorry. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, you don't want to listen to the reason? Okay, fine. So, this story is not mine, but a close male friend's about 10 years ago. My friend was a teacher at an intermediate, ages 11 and 12. We were all early in our careers. We would have been about 23 years old at the time. Experienced enough to be comfortable, but dumb enough to still make silly mistakes. Here in New Zealand, at the start of the school year, we all have mandatory swimming classes through our school ages. The problem is this usually occurs in March or April when the weather starts to get cooler. On top of that, most of our pools around the country are not heated, and I personally have traumatic memories of jumping into sub-10 degree Celsius water for the one-hour session. Because of these problems, along with general adolescent indifference, every single swimming class, at least five people try to get out of the class. The most common excuses being, I'm not feeling well and I forgot my togs. Togs equals swimwear in New Zealand. If students forget their togs, they were often prescribed to write lines as their punishment, which means on a notepad, they write a sentence over and over again until the end of class. Think Bart Simpson on the blackboard during the opening theme song. Back to my friend, he was at the back end of the year's swimming season, seeing endless excuses from his students, some legit but most BS. He had one of his final classes. On this particular day, one girl said that she wasn't swimming today. A situation he was all too familiar with by now, which went something like this. The girl said, sir, I'm not swimming today. Friend said, okay, start writing your lines. She said, okay, but... Friend said, I don't want to hear your excuses, go. She says, what do I write? Friend says, whatever your excuse was going to be. The swimming class ends and the kids who didn't participate handed in their lines. After school, my friend inspects the lines to see if they wrote an adequate amount of lines over the hour, until he got to the girl's piece of paper, which was completely filled with one sentence over and over. I will never have my period again. I will never have my period again. He was absolutely mortified as he's usually identified as one of the cool teachers and pretty good with the sensitivities around his students. There's no massive blow-up or huge consequences from the story. Besides, he was deeply apologetic the next day to the girl and learned his lesson to listen to his students' excuses from then on. Yeah, when you get inundated with, oh, my dog ate my swim trunks, you get a little jaded at some point and you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, write your notes, loser. Well, you don't say the loser part, but... This next story is a small to medium-sized problem. A call comes in. I say good afternoon, Widgets International, this is OP. The customer says, Hi, I was just about to dispense one of your widgets to my client, but I can't fit a medium-sized oscillator into it. The socket is too small. Me, more interested in solving the problem than assigning blame, said, Oh no, let's fix that. What's the serial number of the widget? We'll send you a replacement, but make sure that it fits a medium oscillator. The customer said, The serial number is so-and-so. I said, Thank you. Let me take a moment to set that up. I start setting up the replacement order, but the customer continues talking. The customer aggressively, almost abusively says, I can't believe you guys. This isn't the first time this has happened. What should I tell my client? Are you going to pay for her cab fare? Said, I'm sorry, sir. We can't pay her cab fare, but we do apologize for the inconvenience. The customer rhetorically said, 
How did this happen? Having had just about enough of this customer's attitude when I've been nothing but helpful, I decide, sure, why not, let's waste some time. Me with artificial cheeriness said, how? Oh, certainly, sir, let me look that up for you. But then it got better. Hmm, well, sir, looking at the original paperwork, it looks like the widget was ordered to fit a small oscillator, and hmm... Given your history of errors, we wanted to be sure, so we called you and, yes, it appears you confirmed this widget was to be used with a small oscillator. The customer, muttering petulantly, said, I don't have any small oscillators on hand. Me, cloyingly sweet, oh, I'm sorry, sir, would you like me to send you some? Or should I finish setting up the new widget order to fit a medium? I can do both. The customer, still muttering, said, just a new widget for a medium, please. Me brightly said, certainly, sir, typing. Okay, sir, you're set up for a new widget with a medium-sized oscillator socket. Will there be anything else? Customer, unhappy about being embarrassed, said, no, thank you. Me twisting the knife. Are you sure, sir? I can send some small oscillators in addition. We wouldn't want you to be unprepared in the future over a silly mistake like this. They said, no, thank you. Click. Honestly, I'm surprised OP just continued helping them out. Like, if you looked at the record and saw that they clearly authorized exactly what they got, doesn't that absolve you of doing anything to help them out? Our next story is, won't explain what you're looking for? Fine, you get everything. For starters, I work in a tech company that handles multiple industries and provides software, hardware, and other things for all of those industries. My job is to handle all incoming inquiries for a select number of industries. A few weeks ago, I had an inquiry come in with the longest comment I've ever seen. This person rambled, made very little sense, and mentioned every industry my company works in minus one. So I reached out to him via email asking which solution he was interested in to narrow down the information I would need to send. He replied a few hours later with the snarkiest remarks I've received since working for this company. He demanded that I send the information he asked for. Remember, he never specified what he was looking for, just mentioned things he did in the industries we catered to. I emailed back again, asking in a clearer way for information on which solutions he needed information on, as there are a lot. The next morning, the first email in my inbox was from him demanding that I send him information and that it's not that hard to do and I should just do my job. Half of the email was in all caps. So after a chat with my boss, who happens to be as much of a smart butt as me, we decided malicious compliance was the only thing to shut this person up. So I spent the next hour compiling an email sending every single informational brochure we had in our system. All of the brochures were PDF files and I compressed them into a massive file and sent it off. Three days later, I get an email back from this dude asking what all that stuff was. I told him it was all of the information my company had to offer to potential customers, since I was unable to narrow down specific areas of interest. Never heard from him again. It's pretty tame compared to some of the others here, but I've never had so much fun putting together an email. Honestly, I think OP took it kind of easy on this person, combining it all into one massive file. Some even more pettier people would definitely send 500 different emails with 500 different PDFs. Maybe I guess the problem with that is it's a lot of work to send 500 different emails. Our next story is, oh, I'm not allowed to clean up early? Have it your way. I'm a master's student who works as a TA for a class of 60 students. 
It's a lab course, so there's a ton of setup and cleanup. I usually end up working an extra hour or two past the end of the lab, which I get paid for, but it does mean I go home really late, so I started tidying up once most of the students were gone. There's another TA and the professor to answer questions. I did this for a few weeks until I missed a student's question. The professor yelled at me and embarrassed me in front of the student for not doing my job. The other TA was on his phone and the professor was standing at the front not doing anything. He told me to absolutely not clean up until all the students were gone. We had one student that always stayed over an hour later than everyone else. The next week, this student was the only one in the lab for over an hour past the end of the lab. The other TA was helping them. I stood there, not lifting a finger until she left. I took my time tidying up. The other TA is useless and was barely helping. Two hours passed, now 9pm, and the lab was barely cleaned up. The professor started panicking, saying he still had to write lectures, do his own experiments, and then have an hour drive home. He had to help clean up. I did the same thing the next week, and the professor went into a full-on panic attack. He told me that I could clean up early next week. I told him that unfortunately the extra hours I put into cleaning for the last two weeks used up all my hours for the semester so I wouldn't be in. I heard that the next week was an absolute crap show and the other TA complained that they were there until almost midnight. I think this is honestly exactly what that professor and TA deserve. I mean very clearly they were eating up OP's kindness by allowing them to do all the heavy work and then complain when OP couldn't do 250%, not just 200. Our next story is, my boyfriend gave himself an allergic reaction to get rid of his boss. Not my story, but my boyfriend's. He doesn't like writing, but we've been listening to a lot of Reddit stories, and this story came up. His family confirmed this happened, so it's not made up. When my boyfriend Jake was 19, he had a job at a smoothie shop. He worked with three other people and his boss, we'll call him Michael. Jake's one stipulation before getting his job was that he not work with peanut butter since he's allergic. He'll break out in hives and if ingested, his throat will swell. Not bad enough for an EpiPen, but bad enough to need Benadryl. At this job, they made protein balls and it was made with peanut butter. One day during a rush, Jake was at the sink when Michael threw a big bowl of leftover peanut butter in the sink and told Jake to wash it. Jake argued and told him he can't touch it and that he'd have a breakout. Michael argued with him and told him to do it. So, Jake, being the stubborn jerk he is, said okay, fine. Roughly five minutes later, Jake's hands and arms were covered in hives. So once his arms had visible hives, he took a picture and sent it in the work group chat the owners were in saying, Can someone cover my shift? I'm a tad under the weather. With pictures of his hands. He walked out before anyone responded. Someone covered his shift and the owners came in with the girl who covered the rest of his shift to yell at Michael. The next day, the girl told Jake about Michael getting chewed out by the owners. The owners called Jake and apologized for what happened. Long story short, that along with stealing money from the registers and being creepy with the high school girls, Michael was fired. Jake quit shortly after, just because. For people commenting that that was stupid and allergic reactions get worse, yes, he's well aware. He was a spiteful teen with no sense of self-preservation, just pettiness. It's just a little possible death. The owners liked him and gave him an espresso machine when he left, so he says it was worth it. 
No, he wouldn't and won't do it again. I love that OP said he clarified in the end he wouldn't and won't do it again, as if he's going to get another chance where he can come into contact with peanut butter solely to maliciously comply with somebody. Like as if there was this concept of them being prepared and ready for the next moment where they might need to just break out the peanut butter hive experience again. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.